0: Welcome to Revenue Jam powered by Sales Assembly. With monthly live sessions, interviews with our executive team, and exclusive conversations with revenue leaders across B2B tech, this podcast is guaranteed to help you close the skill gaps across your entire go to market team. If you're looking for weekly, relevant, and timely content like this, go ahead and subscribe. Let's get into this episode. Welcome to the very first episode of Sales Assembly's Fireside Fridays where every single week, we're going to be meeting with the most innovative, forward-thinking thought leaders throughout B2B revenue, B2B leadership. And I am beyond thrilled to be joined by my good friend and longtime peer, Justin Johnson. Uh, Justin is the chief revenue officer of a really exciting and fast-growing software company called Fitgrid. Justin, welcome to the chat, man. Glad to have you. Thanks for having me on, brother. Let's get after it. All right. So, I know that uh, there's a lot of information that we're going to go through today outside of the audience, most certainly probably wondering the brand of shampoo that you use for that beautiful mane of yours. There's a lot of really interesting topics that we're going to dive into today. So let's just uh, go ahead and get to it. First question. So obviously there's a lot changing throughout B2B sales, B2B tech right now, keeping your head on a swivel, everything is moving in a million miles an hour. Curious, your thoughts on what would you say to be the, the biggest trend or the biggest change that's coming throughout B2B tech, B2B sales?
1: It means mediocrity is not going to be tolerated. You know, when money was cheap four or five years ago, you, know, you had first time founders raising money at crazy valuations and just pretty much buying customers. And when I think about where things are at, you have to have a great product. And not only do you have to have a great product, you have to have a great sales organization. You can't be sending YouTube videos to your team to develop them. You actually need to get your hands dirty. And unfortunately, a lot of organizations haven't done that in the past and they're feeling the pain of that today. So, I mean, it definitely just comes down to executing on the basics.
0: Hmm. Yeah, executing on the basics. So it's a good point, I'm curious, So what do companies do that traditionally maybe they haven't done as well as they should be in this area? Like how do companies pivot from the way that they were operating in like hyper growth, hyperscale mode in 2020, 2021 into 2022 to now kind of like this, the new phase that we're in, like how do they make that transition?
1: You have to let the data tell you what's working and what's not, which has always been used in, in B2B. But you have to think about efficiency, right? It's not just about top line. You have to think about bottom line as well. And the forward-thinking CEOs are really leaning on their CFOs and finance counterparts who are then educating the sales leaders like never before on, hey, this is what it means to improve the P&L and the bottom line of the business, not just the top line, So that's what I see as something that the companies that are on the ball are really starting to invest in from a a company standpoint. Yeah, Yeah, And then from all the way down to the rep standpoint, everyone's really been hit in the mouth with COVID and now hybrid and remote is here to stay and rethinking how they do enablement because how they did in-person enablement doesn't translate remote. So those are the things that the companies that are really on the ball, are putting a lot of time, money, energy, and resources to figure that out as quickly as possible.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love it. And a lot of companies that are investing in enablement, changing the way that they're doing things, really preparing for kind of like this new normal that we're in right now is the way the companies have to go about going to market and scaling on the revenue side of the business. So yeah, great point there. The next question that I wanted to ask you is around culture and lots have changed over the past couple of years, especially with the transition to work from home. It's definitely taken companies and the way that they operate and the way that they build their teams and build the camaraderie and the morale in just a different direction. So you're a huge culture guy. You're posting about culture and motivation and how to lead and how to run an effective organization on LinkedIn all the time. I love the content. So tell us, like, what is the best thing or the, the best way that companies can really go about building, I guess, you know, the, the age old term, a high performing culture in today's environment?
1: A high performance organization is built of high performance people. High performance people aren't just people that are good at their job, they're well rounded in all aspects of their life. Because if I'm a great rep, that and grind and kill it and have my number, that's great. Of course, that's table stakes. You need to have those people that can, can put numbers on the board. If I'm in shambles in all other areas of my life, it's only a matter of time before I come crashing, crashing and burning. So what I like to think about a high-performance organization is table stakes get your people to be really good at their craft. I mean, that's table stakes. But once you get that nailed in and you have that recipe in place for your company. Now, how can I help someone just live a better life outside of us working together? You know, my whole goal, when I hire people and I tell them this, the way I measure success for FitGrid in our organization is that 10 years from now, when you're doing bigger and better things, because let's be real, people don't work for the Rolex anymore. You know, There's a good chance we're not going to be working together five, 10 years out. I want you to look back and say, not that I'm making more money, my life is in a better place because of that experience. So that's how I like to think about it. More than just helping them, it quota. If That makes sense.
0: I think. I think we're uh, the way that I interpret that is you're really blending together like the the professional success and the day to day of the the nine to five of the job with personal aspect of the fact that like this, like the person's job is just a a part of their life. And this is not where they're going to be for 35 years. This is not where somebody is going to retire. This is a step onto something different or something bigger or better in their future. And I think employees today, they demand work environments where uh, the culture embraces their unique aspects of their life. It embraces their interests outside of work. And it's not just about showing up, hitting your number, putting in your hours, and then going home and coming back and rinsing, re- and repeating the next day. 100%. Awesome. I love it. Kind of keeping along that theme, I wanted to ask you about leadership. Uh, you've been in revenue and sales leadership for many, many years what would you say is the biggest or most important lesson that you've learned along the way about how to be an effective leader?
1: If it walks like a duck, talks like a duck, sounds like a duck, it's a duck. And what I mean by that is, this stems back to a quote that I heard from the legendary John McMahon when I first got into leadership. And it was relating to helping me be a better interviewer because that's a skill just like anything else. And he said, you know, everyone in an interview says they work hard, right? But not everyone really has work ethic. And their parents had 18 to 20 years to teach them work ethic. You're not going to teach them that in six months. Don't think you can fix somebody, right? So I take that into consideration when I'm interviewing people and when I work with people because I've yet to have a situation where I spotted red flags early And it ended up working out, right? Not a single time in my entire career. So I take that into, you know, when you think about a high performance organization, you're only as strong as your weakest link and your weakest link can be a cancer pretty quickly. So you gotta learn how to uh, train your gut and then trust your gut on making judgment calls. And that's judgment calls around getting the right people on the bus, but also getting the wrong people off the bus. So just trust your gut at the end of the day.
0: I love it. Actually, somebody asked me this question last week, just in a different context. And my answer was very similar. And it was, you can't change somebody's stripes. If they have personality traits or specific components to their work ethic or intangibles, you could teach somebody new skills and you could teach somebody how to use a new CRM and you could show them different ways in which to go about utilizing the processes of your organization. But if one of the intangibles that you require is somebody that's able to be very versatile or somebody that is very unselfish or somebody that is able to, you know, spread outside of the four walls of their own uh, role and responsibility and try new things or lean in all these different aspects. If they don't have some of these characteristics and that's what's important in your organization, they might be a very good functional employee in the role that they have, but that doesn't always breed success for the culture and the
1: organization. So I I couldn't agree more with kind of the way that you go about that. And then when you think about that as a leadership team, right? Because we as leaders, we have a responsibility to set people up for success and control what's 100% not control. You know, we tell reps all the time. Control It's 100% of your control. Put in the dials, put in the activity, blah, blah, blah. As a leadership team, we have to do the same thing. So I think about that when we're structuring our interview process. Are we structuring the interview process in the right way to vet out the intangibles and the tangibles? When we're onboarding and training people, you know, are we setting it up so that at the end of the day, when, it, when we have to make a tough decision, we can say to ourselves, we controlled everything that we can control. And if they're not rising up or they're meeting our standards on the, the soft skills or the intangibles, you know, we just got to make a judgment call. Right. But unfortunately, I've seen so many organizations that they don't put the right infrastructure in place. They don't have the right training and enablement in place. And, you know, they fire people or lay them off. And the person never had a chance from day one, right? regardless if they might have had the intangibles. Or they're set up for failure or that's why he's a company, he's a leadership team. You have to own your part of this too.
0: Awesome. I love it. All right. I want to hit a couple of questions on the personal side and then wrap up with one more business-related question. So kind of rapid fire. Favorite all-time movie? Will Hunting. Good Will Hunting. Okay. Are you a Ben Affleck guy? Are you a Matt Damon guy?
1: Where do you lean? There, Robin Williams guy. <laughs> okay. as go. brilliant as Matt Damon is, Robin Williams just sees right through his bullshit. That's right.
0: I actually, I just watched the uh, the movie Air about the uh, the Nike pursuit of Michael Jordan back in the eighties a couple of days ago with Matt Damon and, uh, and Ben Affleck. Great movie. I loved it. Awesome. Partially, I, I I'm biased because I'm from Chicago and I grew up watching the Bulls and Jordan, so. It struck a chord with me, but it's a good
1: flick. Okay, favorite movie, got it. Favorite food? For the Chicago folks, Portillos. Bortillo's Italian beef. I live in Florida now, and I, I really miss that. And people say, like, hey, let's go to a nice steak dinner. And I'll like, say, let me get a Portillo's big beef, dipped, sweet, with sweet and hot peppers. With some cheese fries and a chocolate cake shake you do that for me i'm your best friend
0: dude that's great so you go with sweet
1: and hot peppers you're just like loading it up huh oh i go hard and i love (laughs) i love jardiniere so much i order it they don't have that down here in florida so i order to give me a little taste of that down here i love Portillos. you got it yeah
0: just a tip next time you're in Chicago. The best uh, restaurant bought jardiner is at Potbelly, so uh, keep that store that in the back of your mind for the next time you're in town. Okay, last personal question: place that's on your list to go vacation that you've never been. Dubai. I really want to go there. I dig it. Okay, awesome man. Maybe uh, maybe one day you'll you'll uh, you'll get over. Okay, last question. <clears throat> so. You've been in sales and leadership and tech for a really long time. Think back to when you were starting your first first job in the space. Thinking back, what advice would you give the 22-year-old, fresh haircut, Justin Johnson, fresh out of school sales rep?
1: Enjoy it, man. You know, life is short. And I will say and it wasn't until recently, the last couple of years, that I've really started to enjoy the journey. You know, when I was in my early 20s, it was I, I got get get to get this title. I have to get this income. I have to get to these milestones, these statuses that made me feel like I was successful. <laughs> and then I started to hit them. And then I realized that that's not what life is about. Like, doesn't unlock this nirvana state that you're in. So just enjoy the journey. Now, you know, there's things that I did that I wouldn't change, you know, taking risks, don't conform, you know, work your ass off, right? Still do that, but enjoy the journey, you know, and then it's going to work out.
0: Yeah, that's good advice. Definitely wise words. Sometimes it's hard to see the forest for the trees when you're just coming in and you're trying to make a name for yourself and put a few bucks in your pocket and find that promotional path. But I agree, you know, I'm almost 40 and I look back to the start of my career and some of those years were a little bit of a blur uh, just because I didn't really take the time to sit and appreciate the experiences that I was getting and the work that I was doing. And uh, yeah, if you can go back and just really soak it all in and enjoy it every step of the way, that's great advice. Okay. Justin, this was awesome. Thank you so much for joining. Before I let you go, uh, a little birdie on the street told me that I think you're writing a book. So you want to take a moment and just kind of quickly give us a, a tease for the the premise of the book and and when we might be able to expect it to hit the bookshelves.
1: Yeah, this is my, my first public announcement of it. So yeah, figured I figured I'd come out with a bang for the first ever Fireside Friday. It's a book geared towards people that are early in their sales career or people that are trying to get into sales, help them just get a good foundation, you know, to make their lives easier, that really tactical stuff to help them as well as help their bosses, you know, spend less time teaching one-on-one level stuff and they can spend more of their time teaching more advanced concepts. So work in progress, Timeline TBD, just getting started on it, but I'm, I'm really excited about the project.
0: Is it gonna be geared towards tech in particular, or is this for anybody in leadership? Anybody, anybody in sales. Anybody in sales, anybody in leadership. All right, man, awesome. Well, I'm looking forward to it. Keep us posted on the release date. Again, as I told you before we started, I'm happy to write the foreword. I'm happy to allow you to use my headshot on the back cover. Like whatever you feel would help to drive sales on Amazon. You just say the word and I'm there for you, brother. (laughs) Well, uh, this was great, man. Thanks so much for joining us. And uh, until next time, Justin, thanks again. And we'll see you in the next Fireside Friday. Thank you for listening to this episode of Revenue Jam. If you want more practical tips and sales leadership advice, join us for our monthly live sessions. You can join in the conversation with Todd, Sam, Jen, and Matt every single month by going to lp.salesassembly.com slash live. And if you're looking to close the skill gaps across your entire go-to-market team, go to salesassembly.com today to schedule a call. We look forward to seeing you in the next episode.